You're listening to Rocket Night. This is Sharice with Rocket Night Magazine, and today we are speaking with Detroit band Secondhand Mojo. We recently reviewed their single, Kiss My Baby Goodnight, and tomorrow they're coming out with a new single video called Good Vibes. We're speaking with Vern and James. <laughs> I almost forgot there. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. Hey, <laughs> Welcome. That's a, that's a difficult and very, you know, unusual <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the J that throws me off. <laughs> I'm kidding. So, secondhand mojo. I know you guys actually hail from Canton, but is it okay to say Detroit? Sure. Yeah, we're the Metro Detroit area. Sure. Um, we have guys from further away as well too. We're we're, at, we're centrally located here in Canton, which mm-hmm. is us. But uh, uh, like James lives in Monroe. Our drummer, Scott, lives in Gregory, which is out towards Jackson and, and Chelsea in that area there. Mark, the, the keyboard player, lives down the road from me here, too. And then uh, Chuck actually is from Toledo. So we, we come together from a little bit away. Everybody kind of makes their trek to get here. For you guys out there, if you don't know, Toledo's like about an hour away, yeah. Toledo, Ohio? Yeah, if that, 45 minutes, something like that. So, yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's all in the vicinity. I'm not sure when you guys formed. How old? How old is the band? It, it's actually five years for for our since Chuck joined and James. You've been here what four years probably at least, right? Probably about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah four years for for James and and uh, Q as well. So because Q was just a, a couple weeks after you, I think, wasn't he? Something like that. A month, yeah. a few months maybe. Yeah. yeah. So and then the Q we got from uh, uh, he and I played with uh, David Winans. Uh, we were in that band. That's how I knew Q and. You know, we thought a keyboard player would fill us out nicely, and and that's that's kind of how that worked out. Um, James and Chuck actually knew each other from forever ago. They both worked in the Toledo area there, um, doing cover stuff during college, right, James? Yeah, yeah. Early days, back in like the '90s, early 2000s, we were in uh, bands that played the same circuits in Toledo quite heavily for years. So we kind of were acquaintances, knew each other, knew of each other. And then Scott and I have been together uh, about 15 years. He's been in two other bands with me prior to this. So Secondhand Mojo, explain how you all picked that name. So I came up with the name because I, I, I'm a huge Lightning Hopkins guy, mm-hmm. right? And he has the song Mojo Hand. I always liked it. And I, and, uh, I also like, uh, you know, uh, the, the whole Louisiana vibe with the, the, you know, the Mojo bags and, you know, and all that hoodoo and all that kind of fun stuff. And, uh, I'm a blues guy at heart personally, so I wanted something with mojo hand in it, right? And then uh, in, in working it through, the first batch of songs that we started with, I actually wrote prior to the formation of the band, and it was all kind of bluesy stuff. And, and it the, the key to me is, or the reason I, I thought secondhand mojo is because really, to be honest with you, we're not inventing the wheel here by any shape or form, right? None of us have stumbled upon some secret sauce or whatnot that's never been done. It's we do it our way, right? Which is, you know, kind of like picking it up and taking it into another direction. 
which I, once we added the other guys in, especially, it's gone in a, a, a vastly different directions, right, than it was before, which is the point of having a band. So secondhand mojo kind of means, hey, we're taking this stuff here, we're making our own, we're see where it takes us from there. So. Well, the band definitely has a classic rock sound. So in a sense, you're saying you're just recycling or doing more of what we all like. Yeah, it's doing what we like too. I mean, that, that's the our our, our uh, um, influences are diverse, but they they have certain areas where they coalesce, right? Which is kind of the starting point for us. And then what's neat is that, uh, and again, being in a band, the idea is that that each guy will have their input and take it in a place that you don't consider when you're you're you come up with your little bit or whatnot, or when the guy brings it in. So the collaborative pro- collaborative process of that is is what I enjoy. So, mm-hmm. but that's that's exactly it. I wouldn't say recycling, but yeah, our influences bleed through us for sure. <laughs> now, your music has a definitely 70s and 80s vibe and your last song kiss kiss my baby goodnight everybody's talking about the introduction because it's so boston yep. you know with the with the keyboards and then it sounds very prog rock and then it gets back into more hard driving i guess you could say classic rock 80s rock mm-hmm. So you definitely have influences from all over. So our, our keyboard player is a big prog rock guy. He's a big ELP guy, right? You know, and uh, and uh, we all like Boston and stuff. But it, it, that one came together as we were starting a rehearsal. We were kind of messing with different bits, and as the guys came in, everybody added something. But uh, um, but I, I definitely agree. I hear the Boston thing. That's the first thing I thought when I heard it too. But then uh, um, we've gotten a bunch of uh, ELP, yes, things that people say, it sounds like this or this or this. That's the beauty of it. And then James actually wrote the middle section, right, the, the cool, funky breakdown, right? And uh, um, James, I, I, when I heard that, I, I thought Led Zeppelin. I, I don't know what the impetus for that was. Do you? No, I just, just brainstorm. I tend to, like, brainstorm ideas and, you know, record it on, like, a little phone memo or, you know, memo audio app on the phone. And if you have, like, 20, 30 ideas maybe one of them is decent right so that's kind of what i do i just kind of spray them out there and record stuff as it pops into your head and you stumble across one that's usable and then the the rest of the stuff was uh really to be honest zz tops kind of where most of that comes from the, the guitar part that that driving thing because I'm, I'm a i'm a big big you know like uh, uh prior to like range and things like that you know definitely prior to eliminator i liked all the old Lucy rock and roll you know big billy gibbons fan as a matter of fact, I heard somebody like un, unrelated, generically commented, "Hey, that song sounds like if Keith Emerson played with CZ Top." Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pretty accurate, you know. That's that was right on the money. Definitely, the tone of the guitar could could be like ZZ Top. What kind of uh, pedals and stuff do you use? So pedals, I don't use a whole lot. There's a little bit of reverb on there. It's a Hall of Fame reverb. Um, I add a little tiny bit of delay. Um, really, to be honest, it's the amps that I use. They're, they're, they're guide points. They're all hand-wired, point-to-point stuff. But as a matter of fact, the one that I used on the uh, uh, recording is, is actually the... It's like a cutout version of one of the one of the other guide trends. They're smallest ones, a GT20. And it, it's just fantastic in the studio, right? It's got great you know headroom and all that fun stuff, and it's got some grit to it. And it's uh, kind of like a cross between a, a, a Marshall... And uh, like a tweed, you know, that's the, the circuit itself, or at least in my opinion, you know, and um, really just, just let the amp do the work and then, you know, try and stay out of its way. So, 
It, it definitely has that old school sound, which I like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that that era. I'm a big '60s, '70s, '80s guy. Mm-hmm. You know, so and then yeah, blues before that, right? So you know. <laughs> Speaking of '70s and '80s, I saw you just did a gig with Humble Pie. Yeah, that was uh, uh, actually that was last year. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Humble it was Pie, September, though, it was wasn't it? Yeah, it was in September. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. Um, it was them and uh, Anthony Rosano and the Conquerors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big Humble Pie guy. We get compared to Humble Pie a lot, right? Because there's some similarities in the in the sound of the one, especially with the first recording. Um, it, it's funny because there's nobody left in the band from the band. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Once the band, he hires these guys. So we got a chance to hang out with those fellows, and they were good guys. I mean, really nice. It was a lot of fun, a good hang. And they really did a nice job. They they played black coffee, right? You know, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's not when you're gonna hear all. Well, you know? The the new iteration are they Brits? No, no, uh, they're one Americans. Guy, okay. yeah, one guy's one guy's British. The rest of them are all Americans, right? As a matter of fact, uh, guy from California. There's there was a guy from like Long Island, mm-hmm. and and I think the bass player not originally from Brooklyn, but lives in Brooklyn now. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, just good guys. It was a good hang. They were they were fun mm-hmm. to hang around with. Mm-hmm. Right, we uh, had some chat afterwards. Uh, really had a fun time with the guys before them, uh, Anthony, uh, uh, Rosanna, and the Conquerors. They just came off tour with ZZ Top to go on that tour, right? And then uh, um, they're out with uh, Tab Benoit. Or is it Benoit or Benoit? How is that, James? Do you know? No, I don't. Benoit probably. Yeah, they're, they're signed French. to and stuff, but they were great guys. They're from Virginia Beach, and we had a blast with them. Right? As a matter of fact. Uh, uh, we didn't get back here to the to the warehouse to drop the stuff off till like three thirty in the morning. So I mean, we we stayed up late, you know, howling the moon and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm. but uh, um, yeah, we we, we kind of seem to be the go to for the uh, the the, the cla- classic rock era guys that, that come through. So and that's our crowd too, which is nice because those are the people that really, you know, the people that like that music like our music. Well, well, that was another question. Uh, I would say baby boomers, Gen Xers, definitely have an affinity towards. 60s and 70s, but I'm noticing a lot of the younger bands, guys in their 20s, especially around Detroit, playing garage rock. Yep. And playing what I would say would be classic rock. They call it new classic. Yeah, we uh, we kind of use that moniker a little bit. Um, I would say the difference between us and, and the regular new classic stuff is mm-hmm. one little right? Um, but two, um, ours is patently and decidedly mid- Midwestern. Right, you know, um, people that are our age grew up in this area. That's that was the height of class. What is now called classic rock, right? And uh, you know, I mean, like we were issued the Pete, Peter Frampton live, right? You know, uh, you know, when you were born, here you go. This is your. This is what you need to know. Jay Giles and you know all that stuff were huge here, right? Well, Bob Seger, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not saying right, um, but uh, so ours has has that lean to it, or has that sensibility to it, right? Just from being from the Midwest, I think, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, new classic rock. I dig it. I think it's great. The kids are doing it. It's it's almost like the Southern rock revival that happened a few years ago, you know, in, in that kind of stuff. So, you know, now you've got like Tedeschi trucks and I'm picking up the, the mantle and running with it, you know, but you know, they're, they're direct lineage, obviously, but you know, you, you see what I mean? It, it, each little era has its moment, right? There's, there's no way around. And they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. It seems fortunate for us. This is just where we landed. It wasn't like a planned thing. Hey, it sound like this. It was just, let's see what we got and go from there. I noticed a lot of these new bands came out of COVID. I guess people must have been bored and they were playing their guitar or whatever. Did how how did COVID treat you guys? What did you do during that period? Yeah, well, it's funny. We uh 
we actually released our first recording on January 20th of 2020. Oh, wow. Right before. On the 24th is when they shut everybody, told everybody home from working on it. Yeah. Was, you know, it was life on Mars at that point. Um, we kept in touch. Uh, there were some ideas that got floated back and forth and whatnot. Um, the minute we were able to get back together was just such a relief. And that the thing I remember most about that, James, was that I was like, oh, it just feels so much better to just be out and see other people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, that trepidation. But, but it was cool. It was like we hadn't. I, I remember thinking too, it, well, there wasn't, it didn't feel like there was a lot of rust. You know what I mean? We got back together yeah. and kind of picked up where we were. Yeah. And we got a handful of songs out of it. So there were yep. these shows we would, we would meet and we would start kicking around ideas. And about every couple of rehearsals, it seemed like there was a new song coming out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then once we were able to get back at it, you know, we kind of hit the ground running a little bit. We had stuff that got canceled prior to that, we'd, we caught up with it and then things started to pick up right away. Um, the second wave came through a little bit. I don't know that it affected us as bad, but it's still, it, it, the end result is, is, is we lost two years of actual getting out and developing mm -hmm. an audience, right? You know, um, it, it does appear though, though lately that, that we've started to pick up steam with that again. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so I think, uh, the benefit is like James said, we had, we had a chance to write and all that kind of fun stuff, right? Like right in the next few weeks, it's going to be awfully difficult to write new stuff. Just because we have show up, show up, show, right? Which is good. I'm not mad about that. I love to play live, but uh, it does make it harder to find the time to do it, you know, as a group. So. Well, one thing I think that I noticed was when everything opened up again, the fans were so hungry for music. What was the first one we played, James, afterwards? What? Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Was it Switchboard? I think it was. It was like, because this was after opening. So this place we had we had done our first C release party down there, right? And uh, we we but we've always done well there, but the place was seemed inordinately packed, <laughs> you know. And it was a you know it was funny. It was a really really warm day, like in November, right? Too. That's I remember that as well. But uh, uh, yeah, it did feel like a relief, right? There was there was always a weird tentativeness to it at first, and then once you get into it, you're into it, you know. So, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 amazing how things change. Did you notice any venues closing after COVID? Um, not necessarily in Detroit. Right, there were some places that maybe sold. There were some places uh, we're going to play Max up in Lansing um, next week, and they took the COVID time to actually remodel that place. Mm -hmm. Right, because it was a little CBGB ish. Right, <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> kind of filthy. Right, but it's also a landmark. Right, you know, and so. Uh, but they, they took time to go through it and redo all the stuff that, that, that they needed to and, you know, kind of bit the bullet. So that was good. I, I think some of the stuff that, that, that uh, where they were helping businesses during that time was, was probably beneficial for sure. You have some more gigs coming up. It looks like you're playing with Orianthi. Yep. And, and our boys brother from Brother Kane, right? Uh, they yeah. Gotta, they, they actually both have new albums out. Orianthi has your new album out. And Brother Kane, it's the 25th anniversary of their big one. And then they just put a, a new single out, a two-sided single, right? Which uh, uh, I happily added to, to all my happiness. And uh, they are great guys. I, I've not met Orianti before, right? But when we played with Brother Kane, when was it February, James, something like that? Yeah, yeah, around yeah. They couldn't have been nicer from 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 everybody from the crew to the management to the guys themselves. They were just great dudes. Period. Right. And it was so much fun. They were so pleasant to all of us. They took the time. To, we were we were the, the, the first band on the bill. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, uh, they took the time to come out of their dressing room, come down, say hi to us, say hi to our crew, say hi to, you know, make sure, hey, thank us for doing this and all that kind of fun stuff. And then just hang out and chat for a little bit. They couldn't have been more polite, gentlemen, every one of them. So that, I'm looking forward to that one just because they're great guys. I love to hear that. Nice stories about people being professional and there's mutual respect because you're, you're all musicians. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's, I agree. We've had, uh, we've had a string of really good ones lately, haven't we, James, as far as people are playing with. Yeah. Yeah. There hasn't been anybody that I ever called that was, you know, yeah. particularly challenging, but so far as been really, granted some of the smaller, we're not playing huge stadiums yet, but you know. One band I'm pretty excited about, you playing with is Robert John and the Wreck. That's on December eighth, I think it is here. Yes, we have been reviewing their work and reviewing their live shows for, for the last I don't know two years, three years, something like that. You're going to like them. <laughs> I, dig, I dig their sound. Um, they're they're kind of southern rockish. They're kind of mm-hmm. classic rockish. They've been. Over, not over, they've been super friendly as well too. Um, from the get-go since we we, we showed up on the bill, right? So I'm I'm really looking forward to meeting those guys too because mm-hmm. they seem like cool dudes from here. And and they've been they've reached out to us. They they followed us on the social media. We've done you know the exchange mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, just super excited because they've got a new single out now too. Right, it mm-hmm. came out last week. They're really big in the UK. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. That that's that's something. A lot of the bands here that you don't really. <clears throat> know about or have heard about i mean i discovered like uh blackstone cherry and all these southern rock bands in the uk before i even heard them here yeah. blackberry smoke and bands oh, like that well blackberry smoke uh, they consider the diesel or not the diesel the uh, machine shop in flint one of their their home venues right they, they, this is one of the first areas to grab hold of them oh um, yeah, Detroit's always been at the forefront of most of that stuff. I mean, like Jay Giles, right? Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, really fun stuff. But uh, it is weird as the Bare Naked Ladies. This is like the first place they did well. Kiss, Kiss I was going to say. I mean, they, they have that album live at Cobo Hall. <laughs> One of the greatest live albums yeah. ever. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so so this has always been kind of a, you know, a, a leading edge area anyways for that stuff, or at least discovering it or embracing it or whatnot, you know. And uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Right. The other thing too is this when I was in the service and you know I've been back and forth to Europe a bunch. Right. The one thing that I know is anything what's really funny being from Detroit, anything Detroit they love over, period. Mm-hmm. They just love it. Right. Um, especially England and Germany. Right. They're 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 all about Detroit. It, which is fantastic. And uh Spain was was big too on it too. Uh, our buddies the mugs. Right. Mm-hmm. They used to tour every year over to Spain, you know, and you know, had a great time over there stuff. But uh yeah, no, there, there's there's some there's some love back and forth over there, so it's kind of nice. Let's talk about your new song, "Good Vibes," that comes out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your uh, video and everything. It's funny when I first heard it, I thought this is definitely a party song, but you know what popped into my head? Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> if you, you had know, some saxes, it could be a Huey. <laughs> I like him. I hope you don't think that's that's an insult. No, I love him. No, no, God, what's funny about that is, and why that's that's funny to us, is because uh, everybody hears something different mm-hmm. in their music. Like when they see us live, yeah. and go, oh, you guys just like, or you guys sound like, right? It's, it, it's never one band for us, right? They always go, you sound just like so and so and so and so. And so the funniest one we ever heard was was Van Gogh's, by the way, his bass player. Uh, uh, oh, for goodness sakes, super nice guy goes, you guys sound like 
like Motley Crue and Huey Lewis in the news. I'm like, well, that's just the honest. He said the same thing. Wow. So, and you know, since then I've heard it two more times, but it's funny because I, I, we don't hear that, right? But uh-huh. obviously they were influential as hell for a while there, you know. Well, those yeah. are those are genre de- defining songs. I mean, they're not the Huey Lewis song is not an '80s or a '90s song. It's Huey Lewis, right? And so yep. like, it has a long has long legs. It, it, right? They still play regularly and all that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're not offended by any of that. So I, it, first of all, the fact that anyone took a moment to go, "Hey, this reminds me of," or "This sounds sort of like that," to me is 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 kind of the point, right? You know what I mean? Because music mm-hmm. is very personal in every single way. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. we send out, and then you decide to make it your own in whatever way you like, and how you relate to it. That is so awesome. There, there's nothing not cool mm-hmm. about it, you know. But the, the 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 references get odder by the day. But it's just it's just hysterical. We love them, right? Yeah, so. That's what I mean. Just throw some sax in there, and uh, it just had that kind of vibe, and. I, I mean, I, I really loved his music. And what was it? John Caverty? Is it John Caverty and the Beaver? John Caverty and the Beaver Brown Band. Yeah, yeah, that always had kind of a party vibe, 80s. And we all grew up with that. So yeah. they're like an 80s version of the E Street band, most of those bands. Are, mm-hmm. right? So uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny. I went and saw Wang Chung for free. Uh, I got asked. I love out, him. Out I love Wang Chung. <laughs> I tell you something. I was so surprised at how good they because they had the huge horn section. Yeah, and it was just a fantastic show. And it was in an intimate theater too, so it was just great. But that's the one. That, that's one when people go, "What's what's the one of the better?" I'm like, "You're not going to believe it." You know. <laughs> well, it looks like you guys were having a good time during the filming. It looks like one big party. You want to talk about the filming? Well, yeah, I, I want to mention James's son, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He, uh, uh, he, he, a bunch of my cousins, right, and their kids, and and my kids were there, and James brought his son, and then uh, um, we had we had family members there and whatnot. The idea was is that the, uh, you know, the song sounds like you're going to a party, right? You know, it's a, that kind of thing. Now Chuck came up with the, the lyrics. Q did the uh, uh, keyboard part, and kind of it had a Jackson Brown feel to it. You know, at the beginning, if you listen to it, you know, but really to be honest, with you, I, I contributed probably the least of this whole thing, right? You know, my my little guitar part, but uh, um. It just was a fun, fun song to play, and I was worried because you know when you film a video, it's very because you, know, you got to do it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of get family together and kind of have it for everybody. This my cousin has this great space. That's that's my cousin's pole bar. Oh, right. And so <laughs> we had this great space, and we had talked about it years ago. And we have a lot of family parties out there anyway, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, well, we could just add. <laughs> excuse me, we could just add to, uh, some of our friends, all of our families. Because they all have a connection to it some way, right? You know, they're friends and family. And it, so it's like one giant bigger family was the idea in my mind. And uh, um, we'll just have a good time. We'll go out and do it. Well, they never lost a bit of energy. James, how many times do you figure we did that thing? At least 30 times, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. And, and they were full of energy from beginning to end and singing it. And we're singing it. And that kind of stuff makes it fun for us, too. So it was, it was you know, we're method actors. We have to be funny. We have to have fun to be having fun. We look like we're having fun. So, you know. Was there alcohol involved? <laughs> um, not not uh, initially. Later in the evening, we sat around and, you know, shot the breeze. Because yeah. we had a bonfire afterwards, right, you know, for people to stay. And, you know, hey, we had a we had a food truck there, <laughs> you know. And, and it's, uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere, so it's nice and safe and all that. But, uh, uh, yeah, there, there may have been some cocktails. I, I know I didn't. We, we worked really hard to get that thing set up. I mean, that's, a, that's an awful lot of work. And then it, it's taxing physically to do, right? You know, because it's like playing that same song that many times, jumping around and all that kind of crazy. So, one thing I noticed about the song, you're giving instructions on how to do dance moves. 
Yeah, I'm not Chuck is for, for sure. For, for participation, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. You can't have me giving you dance instructions, right? It, you'd be better off if I gave you how to stand still instructions, and even that might be a problem. So <laughs> everybody was doing the wave and moving uh, and all that. Well, both these videos are kind of a decent representation of what we're like live, because mm -hmm. right? um, because that's really kind of what it is. And and Chuck is Chuck on fast forward the minute we hit the stage, right? You know. Uh, it's something to see. That's one of the things we've all kind of marveled at at one point. Mm -hmm. James is Mr. Clean and Mr. Cool all the time, right? Always where he needs to be, bringing that the, the, the <laughs> high harmony, all that fun stuff too. Uh, he was a show unto himself, right? You know, so you, you just got to see it. But all of that's represented in all the videos, right? So far, which is really cool. And, and, and that's one of the reasons we decided on, the, on a live version, a performance type video, is because that that's probably the best way to introduce to folks that aren't local and can't just drop everything and come see us or whatnot. So. You know, and that, that helps with creating a wider audience. So we go no, it's it's very inviting and makes a person want to see you live because it looks like wow, it's a lot. Of, they're a party band. They're fun. Everybody's dancing. It gives off a good vibe, just yeah. like the song. <laughs> well, I, I, I think the song is probably a a maybe a more concrete example of it in general. Right? We stay away from heavy themes. In politics, there is enough of all that stuff in, in the world that, you know, music's an escape. The last thing you want to do is to hear in the music the same stuff you're hearing on the news, right? So we purposely stay away from all that and try to try to be positive, uplifting kind of type songs, right? Yeah. Save the uh, political messages for, you know, for the nightly news or something. Yep. Music is so that you feel good. When you go out, you want to hear yeah. feel-good stuff. You don't want, you're trying to escape. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, music and good vibes is just maybe a more extreme version of generally what we try to do when we write produce songs it's kind of uplifting happy sort of we're, we're almost out of time so i would like to hear what are your plans for 2024 well um we want to move into to festival stuff right it's fun everybody likes to play to a big crowd anyways right we, we, we're going to play with our, our buddies, the Van Gogos. We're going to do some shows. We're actually doing one with them in December. We're going to do some shows with them in the spring. Chase Engel, we're going to do some stuff with, with him and his band. They're great. Chase Engel, the Night Shift, love those guys. And, and really just more of the same. I think we're probably going to record again. Um, we're, we're actually writing these songs. We go, we're all kind of working on it all the time. right? So it, it'll be more of the same, but hopefully we can, you know, it, it just feels like we're, we're, just about ready to make another step right on the, on the ladder. I don't, I don't know what that step entails one way or the other, right? But it, it feels like we're at, almost at a pushing point, you know, or a breaking point. We're going to move into something different. As, um, well, you're, you're kind of an established band in the Detroit area. Will you, you think you will want to play or will you play gigs in, let's say, Chicago or Wisconsin or venture outside of the state? We do want to, but we all, you know, there's there's a couple things about it, right? One is that, you know, we all have to gigs on step two right now, but would we like to? The answer is yeah. Here, now we did, uh, we played in Kentucky, um, had a fun time for that stuff. It, it, as long as it fits with our schedules and, and fits with, you know, the fiscal responsibilities that you have, right? Um, then yeah, absolutely, right? You know, we want to do some of that stuff. Um, the cool part is at this level, and, and I think even the next level, we have the opportunity to, to kind of decide that, you know, we're established older guys too so it's not like uh, uh um when you're young you know you'll, you'll sign anything to do anything right you know it's that kind of stuff so but mm -hmm. we do want to meet other people and do other things and some of that at this point here james for me it's about it's about the experience really you know yeah exactly like what Brent said it's a bit different when you're in your 20s and 
you don't have a lot of, you know, maybe uh, pillars planted yet, right? Or your feet aren't anchored in one spot. Where we're us being older and having families and cure type jobs, we, we just can't go take off on a bus for six months, right? So we have to be more selective. And, Makes it has to fit in with the schedule. Yeah. yeah, now the divorces are expensive because we're older. <laughs> well, plus, I think the older you get, you want comfort. You don't want to be crammed in the back of a van. <laughs> that, that's an experience in and of itself, too, right? You know, the, the, the deal is, is we want to play in front of as many people as we can because we love it, right? Um, you want to reach as many people as you can because we love it. But this is not something I have to rely on to make my living either, right? You know what I mean? So it's that kind of thing. So we have that we have that great freeing part of it. It's like you know, all right, well, cool. We get to do this because we love to do it. There, there's not a component that says, well, I got to do this or I got to do that. I got to sell my soul to to sign a record deal or whatnot. We just don't have to do it, right? And and I think that's very freeing, right? And then we can be choosy about where we want to play, the guys we want to play with. That's why guys like the Van Goghs and Chase Angle and some of these other like the the Conquerors want us to come up with. Well, you ought to come to Florida in the winter when there's snow up there. <laughs> that would be ideal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I go up there in the summer to get away from the heat. You need to come down here like in January or so. <laughs> it's funny. We all know people in Florida. There's no way. Yeah. You're, you know people who are in Florida this time of year who are coming up, right? So for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, we'd love to. I mean, wherever it's wherever it makes sense, we're, we're happy to do it. Right? You know, it's just that kind of, I guess that's the best answer, mm -hmm. wherever it makes sense. You know, so we're open to, to literally anything. But well, next summer there's a lot of festivals there, and I always like to go to the Arts Beats and Eats on Labor Day weekend. That's a fun yep. one. So we are. I think we're making inroads to to, to actually play that one. Um, I think Uncle Sam Jam is probably going to happen for us. Yeah, that's usually around Fourth of July. Yeah, mm -hmm. yep. uh, and then uh, there's there's a couple others that, that that we have someone working on for those things there to kind of do the local stuff. Really, to one of the reasons that we're not going, oh, we got to run out the door and get on tour or something like that is because we're still trying to build the audience here locally, which mm -hmm. is Ohio and Detroit and mm -hmm. Lansing. Now we, we're adding Lansing to try and get that. Um, we've been over to the west side, right? We kind of want to mm -hmm. do some stuff over there. Once mm -hmm. you're solid here, right, then you can go anywhere you want. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Too, so. What I like about Secondhand Mojo is the music is original. And I've noticed this tribute band trend, which I'm not really into, <laughs> but you guys are original. Do you ever play covers? We do some covers, not very many. The whole point of the band was to do original music. Yeah. Right? Um, you got to have a cover here and there, right? You know, for certain venues or whatnot or certain occasions, right? Not to mention the fact that when we first started out, our, our catalog wasn't big enough to hold, hold them out, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but as we grow and, and, you know, there's stuff that we play live that we haven't put on a recording yet either. Right. So that's kind of cool. So we always, and we're still writing to go to it. So now literally without, a, without covers, we can, we can, we can lay down a two hour show, but, you know, that's long. <laughs> two hours is long. <laughs> yep. well, and that's it. We're not a bar band. Right. Um, that's the other thing too, is this, we're, we're actually a concert, right. When we show up, we show up to play a concert, it, it, you know, however long you need us for whatever, that's fine. You know, but it's 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 a concert experience. Um, and if we're and if we're doing it at one of our venues, one of the shows we're promoting or whatnot, we bring lights, we bring sound. You know, the whole nine yards. So the whole concert not, experience, not, great. Yeah, we're not taking requests, and you know, thank your bartenders and waiters, and you know, mm -hmm. like a verse said, it's a miniature concert. Right. Yeah. Right. There's yeah. <laughs> well, and, and not a bar band. Yep, and I think the values that we've all played bars, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. uh, I did it when we were young yeah. and all that fun stuff. Just more interested in that going forward. And that's not to say it's a it's a bad thing to do, and I'll be honest with you, that's that's a great way to learn. 
right, for sure. And it's, and some guys make a living doing it. I mean, some guys bat in wedding bands, things like that. I, I, I just, it, it doesn't hit where I want to be at this point anyways. Do you know what I mean? So it's that kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm careful about the tribute stuff only because, uh, really, to be honest, a lot of these bands, these national bands we play with that are opening are shells of who they used to be or whatnot. You know, there's not a lot of members left or whatnot. Uh, it's cool to hear those songs. It really is. I, I mean, and it's, it's nostalgic for me too. It's like everybody else. Oh, they're familiar. Yep. Could, yeah. could I do that? The answer is no. Like I, I couldn't do that for two reasons, right? That that requires a different type of discipline than I want to apply, right? Uh, you know, the note for note, the look, the whole nine yards. Here's the cool part. <laughs> the look here is whatever I roll out of bed and put out that day, right? You know? And then as far as the discipline, I don't, I don't want to play note for note what somebody else does. Right, I, I'm more the blue school where it's mm-hmm. these are these are the, these are the rails you want to work within, and then do whatever you want. So. And I think they expect you to be exactly like the original, like Brit Floyd. <laughs> yeah, huge Pink Floyd. They do. Band. They do a great show. <laughs> Have you seen Polka Floyd? Ken Haas from uh, uh, Reverend Guitars. He's in no, they, they actually do polka versions of Pink Floyd. They're, That's they're pretty a, funny. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> you, you've seen it, haven't you? Polka Floyd? No, I don't, I don't know if I've seen it. I need I, to look I, them I up. Them. So, so that's the CEO for Reverend Guitars out of Toledo. Yeah, I looked them up. And, and great guy and funny, great guitar player, but Polka Floyd. <laughs> As a matter of fact, our first gig is with this lineup was with uh, uh, the Zimmerman Twins. He's a guitar player in Zimmerman. One of the guitar players in the Zimmerman Twins, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is Secondhand Mojo with Good Vibes. Your friends and come 
You're listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com. 